Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayigash as we near the end of Sefer Bereshis, the first of Chamisha Chum Torah. And again, just start off with one uh, one line thought, which somebody came over to me this week and said they used it. It's a great thing to give to their little ch- to their children to uh, to say over at the Shabbos table. So again, I just thought, saw a, a one line druish from Rebbe Yitzchak Mibardichev, who says on the fourth pasuk in the parsha, Al Derach Drush, pasuk of Gimel, Vatomer Al This is Yehuda's um, discussion with Yosef, who he doesn't know who Yo- who Yosef is yet. But the Pazik says, You told us that if you don't bring your younger brother with you, do not be Mosif, don't come back. Don't see my don't see my face again, says Yosef. You better bring your younger brother. If you don't take your small, your lower brothers with you, as you go through life, as we go through our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we don't take those who are katon, those who are small, those who need chizuk, those who are below, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Lo sosif in the rose panai. I'm not interested. Right? By Kol Nidre we say, Im yanim, Im, we stand with HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the holiest day of the year with everybody, even those who are katon. So Rebbe Yislak says, Al Derach Drush, Im lo your younger, your little brothers aren't coming with you, Lo tosif in the rose panai. Don't come to me because we have to take those who are ketanim, those who are smaller in any area, those who are smaller than us, we must take with us as we as we go through life. Okay, Rebbe Yitzchak gets the ball rolling. Okay, so now we go to the probably the most famous phrase, the most famous three words in this parsha, which we discussed last year at length, which we're going to discuss again. Uh, and that is, Yosef finally, he cannot hold himself back. One of the most emotional Laden Parshios in all of the Torah says Yosef in Perak Memhe Pasak Aleph, Velo Yachol Yosef Lahitapek, Lachalini Savimalav, he can't hold back anymore. In the past, he was able to make it to the door, close the door, and cry. He can't even do that anymore. He just says, Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. He can't, he can't hold back. Imagine the feeling that we're, that we're about to cry, we're about to lose it, and we just, he's got to tell everybody to get out. Vayikra, Hotziu Kalishmi everybody leave. Velo Ahmad Ish Ito Bezvada Yosef Alachav. And nobody knew, nobody was there. And he cried. I am Yosef. Is my father still alive? And the brothers cannot answer him because they were so shaken. They were so they were so in awe. They didn't know what to do. So we'll get back to in a few minutes what we discussed. Last year, we're going to touch on it. But first, a different thought. If you look in source number one, the Rinas Yitzchak, I don't know if we've had the chance to mention before, of Yitzchak Saratskin, mentions from Cleveland, the grandson of the Aznayim Torah. I think it's the uh, grandson of um, Zalman Saratskin. The Moshe of Zkenim Torah, Tama, says the Rinas Yitzchak, if you look in the Moshe of Zkenim, or the Bali Atosvos, they ask this question that, that we discussed already, end of last week's Parsha. Even though it took us a week to read it, it was Parshas Miketz, but it's the same conversation between Yehuda and Yosef. The brothers already told him that the father was still alive. So there obviously has to be something deeper here. He wasn't asking a question. He said something that had a deeper meaning. So what is it? What was meant? 
He quotes the Briska Ruff, who says, Masha Amar, if we think back to what Yehuda said two weeks ago, Why should we kill Yosef? Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. Why should we kill him? What, why didn't Yehuda want to kill him? Why not? He threw him into the pit. Okay, they asked. There were snakes and scorpions in there, so it wasn't that like killing him also. But what was, what changed Yehuda? Says Yehuda, you know what the deeper meaning was, says the Briskarov? Yaakov's a Navi. He's going to know what we did. You ever think about that? How could Yaakov not know? HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid the Nevuah from him. Right? They, they, he didn't know, but, but Yehuda was scared, says the Briskarov. Wouldn't Yaakov find out what the brothers did through Ruach HaKodesh? How could we prevent Ruach HaKodesh from coming onto our father? That's what was going through Yehuda's mind. We don't want our father to find out. Al-Kain, Yehuda says, I have a chachma. I have a great idea. A tragic idea. Don't kill him. Because killing him, he's going to eventually find out. As we'll see in a second. But if we sell him, then he won't find out. Why? He will be in constant pain, constantly upset, constantly sad. Why? What does it say? What does it say when the brothers came? Why did he refuse Rashi their quotes? Because somebody who is nifter, you get over after a year, if it's a parent. We move on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the gift, the gift of Shechicha, that we were not in the same pain that we are when we lose the relative in 12 months later. We're not in the same pain. We wouldn't be able to function. If we were in the same pain. Kodesh Baruch Hu says we have, the, we have the concept of Shechacha. And the Gemara says that's why we have the concept called the yard site. Because every, every 12 months we forget. So once a year we have to have a yard site. And once a year that's why we have Parsha Zachar once a year. It says in the Torah, remember. It doesn't say how often. So we have to at least do it once a year. Because other than that, more than that, we might forget it. There's a Chumrah. There's a Chumrah. We have to remember this for this summer. This summer. This summer there's a Chumrah. What's the Chumrah? Parshas Kiseitse, to have in mind Parshas Zachar. Why? Because there's 13 months in between. Next year are two others. So from this Parshas Zachar to next Parshas Zachar, we're going to have Parshas Zachar in a couple of weeks, two months. Right? So from this one to the next one, there are 13 months in between. There are two others next year. So there is a Chumrah of some Achronim that in that year, Parshas Kiseitse, you've got to remember in the middle of the summer. You're not thinking about it. You've got, you, got, you have to have in mind for Parshas Zachar. But what is that based on? Because tw- after 12 months, you forget. So says, says the Rinath Yitzchak, quoting the Briskarav, Yehuda knew that if they killed Yosef after 12 months, he would get over it. He wouldn't be in a state of atzvus, of sadness anymore. And then he would be able to get Ruach HaKodesh. And he will then see what they did. Ah, what am I going to do? I am going, we're going to sell him. Because then he'll just be in pain and sad and upset for all the years. And as the Gemara says in Masechah's Brachas, Ein shechina shora lo mitoch atzvus. If somebody is sad, if somebody is depressed, the shechina does not rest on that person. We can't be constructive when we're depressed and we're sad and we're upset. We can't, be, we can't get accomplished. We're, it's, we're, we're so much more productive when we're happy, when we're into it. When we're sad, we're just, we can't move. 
We can't move. Sheena Shkhina Shkhara Mitoch Atzvah Kedisim Zakha Shabbos Taf Lamed. Ulamim Nahargeyu Haritzara Lav Yudbeis Chodesh Ulachem Ikan Yishach Milibo. So Dafka tragically said the said the briskarov, but they Dafka didn't kill him and they sold him. And somehow on some metaphysical level he was not dead, so therefore he never got over the pain, and therefore he did not receive <clears throat> Ruach HaKodesh. And you even see what happens when he finally sees Yosef. This week's parsha. What does the Pasuk say? He sees the Agolos. Discussed that last year. Vayaras Agolos. Vatechi Ruach Yaakov Avihem. Vatechi Ruach Yaakov Avihem. What does that mean? Rashi quotes, line 19. Vatechi Ruach Yaakov Avihem. Sharsa Alav Shechina Shapir Shemimenu. He sees Yosef. He gets Ruach HaKodesh back. Boom. So you see, it was a good idea. You see, it was a good idea. They kept the Ruach HaKodesh away, and in that way, they were able to, they were able to prevent Yaakov from finding out. If all this is true now, we have a deeper understanding of what Yosef is telling Yehuda. Yosef probably heard this whole conversation. Right? When he was coming, maybe not, maybe he heard it afterwards, but he was coming close, he was deciding what to do. But when he came, they threw him in the pit, he probably overheard some things going on. First he asked, how's my father doing? That was the end of last week's parasha. But now what he's asking, Vachshav Sha'al, Im Alav Ruach HaKodesh. Is my father alive? Does he have chiyus? Does he have Ruach HaKodesh? You didn't let him have Ruach HaKodesh for all these years. That's the Musser that Yosef is telling the brothers. Right? Nothing we don't we don't even think about. Just the opposite. It was it would made it more painful. How painful the brothers made it for Yaakov by not by not killing. And then he quotes. So that's the idea. But then he's Mosif. Based on what we discussed last year, the famous, probably the most famous Beis Halevi on all of the Torah, where the Beis Halevi says that what is Yosef doing on Ani Yosef Odavichai? Yosef is telling them, he's giving them Musser. Again, we discussed that length last year. Yosef is saying, You're so worried about your father? What did you do 22 years ago with me? You're so worried that Benyamin, oh, he's going to die? What about me? You're not consistent. In life, we have to be consistent. Akarish Baruch is going to give us the Musser from our own lives. We don't have enough time for this. Oh, we had time for this. We didn't have enough money to, to, to give to this organization. Oh, we had money to spend on ourselves on this. It's all going to be for our, our own lives. Consistency. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. He's not going to ask us why we weren't Moshe Rabbeinu. He's going to ask us from our own lives. That's the muster that Yosef is giving the brothers. You're so worried about Binyamin, your father about Binyamin. What about me? What do you do to me? So says the Rinas Yitzchak, with this added idea, it's an even deeper sting that Yosef is telling them, line 13, to hint to them, the whole cheshben was to keep away the Ruach HaKodesh, to keep him in pain, that he doesn't have Ruach HaKodesh. He says, terrible. You want Rachmanis? You want Mitzrayim on purpose. Okay, how could you, how could you, how could you ask for Rachmanis now? Adarabah line 20. Heim tsiyeru also bekavana. V'kala cheshben shalahem aysel etzairis Yaakov kol yimei chayev. How could you now, now ask for Yosef to have, to have Rachmanis? That's all in those five words. Ani Yosef ha'odavichai. Maybe the most potent words in the entire Torah. Maybe besides Nasev and Nishma. But those five words, ha'oni Yosef ha'odavichai, there's so much in there. Okay, continuing. So Yosef reveals himself. And then, 
He says, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm Yosef, your brother, that you sold to Mitzrayim. Don't be so upset, says the Pasuk in Pasuk Hey. Right? Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm here so I can support you. Kodesh had a had a master plan. There's been two years. There'll be another five years, which didn't happen because Yaakov came and the famine stopped. Hashem sent me in front of you in order to to be able to help you out. You didn't send me here. You didn't say, it wasn't your hand. You thought it was you. And you're gonna, you're going, you're, Hashem will take care. But really, ultimately, it wasn't you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent me here, deep down. Says with Sternbach, Tam Vadas. What's the message that we, Yosef has this long defense, don't worry about it, it's okay, I forgive, he didn't just say, I forgive you. Okay, let's move on. No, he focuses on it. I don't know why. It was Akadish Barachu. Tambadas. Source two. Yosef Nichmam Lomar She'en Lotina Alehem. Yosef tells them and comforts them. Don't, I don't have anything against you. I didn't take it personally. She'etzem Yuidasal the Mitzrayim Tova Gedolo Haisa. Bazelachal Kalkobre Beso. In the larger picture, the going down to Mitzrayim was tremendous. The Afshinis Kabnu Leroy, even though you had bad Kavanis, but. Don't worry, I'm not, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's the judge, but Mitzidi says Yosef, I'm not upset. Lamadnu Mikan says, Rav Sternbach, we learn a great insight into interpersonal relationships from this answer of Yosef. Yesod ve'ikar gadol heich linhog. Shalodai limchol If somebody wrongs me, and somebody comes to ask forgiveness, somebody calls me up, somebody apologizes, what is our reaction? It's fine. And you leave. Okay, good, I accept. Bye. We accept the apology. Right, we know the Rambam. You can't be difficult to accept. Okay, ask me three times. Okay, fine. Right, so we can't be difficult. Okay, I forgive you. Says the Tambadas, says that's not enough. That's not what's... The person has to apologize. But the one who is apologized to, Midas Tovos, what does he have to do? Not only to accept the apology... But he has to give the one who is apologetic such a feeling to make them feel as if they never sinned. So Yosef doesn't just say, it's okay, fine, I accept. You did something terrible, but it's, um, it's fine. What does Yosef do? No, it's fine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was in charge. It's okay. I'm not upset. He keeps going. Don't be sad. Why did he just say he sold him? They sold them. He threw him into the pit. But Yossi doesn't, Yossi doesn't just say fine. When somebody wrongs us, okay, they have to apologize. But when they're, when the apology comes and it's true and it's deep, then it's our job to say it's fine. It's a hundred percent fine. It's as if it never happened. As if it never happened. And he adds from Rabbi Rucham, Mashkiach of Mir. That's why I took my Talmudim to the Mir today. It's unbelievable. See, 5,000, you know, all these Bate Medrash, hundreds and hundreds everywhere. You go to another floor of the building, another 600 guys. Another floor of the building, another. It's unbelievable, the whole area there. Anyway, so, and you see the building where Chaim Shmulevitz used to give Shear, but it's uh, inspiring. Vagon Rechmovavitz, Mosef Bazer, 
Shim Chaveru Shepagabo Rotsa Latari Tatsmo. And Rav Yeruchim says, Rav Yeruchim has tremendous insights into psych- psychology. In his Sfarim, tremendous insights. So he says, if somebody comes and they're about to offer an explanation, what is our usual reaction? You know, I'm sorry I did it. Um, you know why? It was, uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, I, I just want to tell you that it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It says, if you're Rucham, no, you can't do that. We can't do that because if I have an explanation and I want to get it off my chest and I want to tell you, then you're denying me and not listening to me is making it more painful for me. If I'm apologizing and I'm there trying to explain myself, please listen. Says of Yeruchim, we have to be in f- with a full heart and let them talk. Let them talk. No, you don't have to explain yourself. It's fine. I forgive you. You don't have to explain. No, I, no I'm, it's not going to be a complete bakasha. I need you to hear me out. I need it. Uh, it's my responsibility to give you that feeling of total cathartic, the cathartic process of self-cleansing is not going to be complete until I get it off. I, I totally, you know, just don't, don't stop me in the middle. That's part of this one apology. The Midas Tovos is not just about apologizing. Obviously, that's step one. But even the one who was apologized to, how do we accept an apology? We got to go make him feel great, as if we're not going to bear any, uh, hold any grudges, and we have to let them explain. And he even says, he gives it a mushal, he gives a mushal from Parshat Tzavet. Shekharish Baruch Hu Omer V'yichu Elech Hashem Ezaizach. Shekharish Baruch Hu says to Bnei Yisrael, take some oil, right, Hanukkah related, and put it into the, uh, the menorah. Lo Shetzarech Lakach. Not that we really need, Hashem really needs oil. They really need oil. Right? It's just that the Umos will see the base of Migdash and they'll see Bnei Yisrael shining. He gives a mashal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Bnei Yisrael that I want to give you a good feeling that other people will be happy with you. So he gives a mashal. explains it. We're not going to read the whole thing. But he says that's the point here. The point is not just to accept the apology, but to let them explain, let them shine, let them come back into their into the relationship. And in that way, that's what we learn from Yosef Atzadik. You can continue reading the mashal. I didn't finish explaining it, but that's that's um, that's what Rav Yerucham adds. Okay, Viter, Perak Memvav, Pasuk Base. So it's time to go down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov leaves, and right before, just look at the end of Parshat's uh, Perak Memhei, Yosef sent the Agolos, and Vatachi Ruach Yaakov Avihem, Yaakov's Ruach is awoken, Vayomer Yisrael. It's amazing. First he's called Yaakov, the very next Pasuk is called Yisrael. Vayomer Yisrael, Rav Od Yosef Benichai, El Chav Eren Abateramamus. I better go see him quickly. I don't know how long I have to live. So he goes, goes down to Mitzrayim. On the way, he passes Beersheva. And he brings Karbanis. Those Obama there. Brings Karbanis. Right there. Says Hashem in Beersheva on his way down. He says to Yaakov, in a vision of the night. 
Vayomer, Yaakov, Yaakov, Hashem calls Yaakov, Yaakov, Vayomer, Hineni, I'm here. And he says, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it, and I'm going to come, take, take you up. Hashem promises him, him on the way down. This is one of the four people in Tanakh, the Medrash picks up on, that Hashem calls double. Right, Yaakov, Yaakov, Avram, Avram, Moshe, Moshe. Fourth one, Shmuel, Shmuel. Shmuel, Shmuel, the four, three in the Torah, one in Navi. Rashi, Hineni. Rashi says on Hineni. Yaakov, Yaakov. Actually, let's, let's, uh, let's wait and do that afterwards. So, ask the Meshachachma. Points out the Meshachachma. Only by Yaakov Avinu do we have such a Lashon of a Mar, Mar Elayla, a night vision. Hashem appeared to Yaakov in Maros Halayla. Avram Yitzchak didn't have Maros Halayla. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a Maros Halayla. Only Yaakov has a Maros Halayla. Why? Here and in Vayetze. Right, Vayetze, he was sleeping during the night when he sees the ladder. So why Yaakov? What's the symbol? What's the symbolism of Yaakov having a vision, a night vision? It says that HaShachachman source 3. Hine. Eitzel Avram Yitzchak lo matzon rak b'Yaakov kan u b'Vayetze. Hainu why? Mipnei shahayamuchan latzeis l'chutz la'aretz lagur. Yaakov is about to start the long Golos. He's about to go live in Eretz Mitzrayim. When Avram and Yaakov had left previously, they kind of knew they were coming back when they were alive. I'm going to get a wife and I'm coming back. There's a famine, I'm leaving and I'm coming back. Avram felt that way. He knew he wasn't going there on a permanent... Yaakov earlier, he was going to get his wife or wives and come back. He never had no intention of staying there. Here Yaakov has the feeling he's an elderly person. There's a famine. Yosef is living in Egypt. He's bringing his whole entourage down. Everything. So he knows this, this is it. He's going to live in Galus for the remainder of his life, for his golden years. And yet, says he's worried. He's nervous. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, Dafka appears to him when? At night. In the darkness. When he can't see. To show Yaakov and to teach Yaakov. Kodesh with Am Yisrael throughout the Galus. You go into Galus, it's dark. Galus is Choshech. Choshech is Galus. Kodesh Baruch Hu is telling Yaakov, Yaakov who is the Av of Galus, who spent more time in Galus than any of the other Avos and Imos. Yaakov Avinu, he has a Maris Alayla. Because he's the one that symbolizes that life. The life of Layla, the life of Galus. Kamosha Amru, Galu Labavel Shkineimayim. As the Gemara says in Megillah. V'lazeh, and this even fits in to the different Tfilos that the Avos enacted. Avram Avinu, Avram Tikin Tfilah Shachris. Avram Avinu, all about discovering emuna, clarity of monotheism. It's like the morning, Shachris. The sun is rising up in the morning. That's when, ya- that's when Avram Avinu davits. The Yitzchak is Mincha. Yitzchak is Mincha. Following, we discuss Yitzchak follows Avram. It's also a daytime Tfilah. Yitzchak was a Hemshech to his father. But Yaakov davins Meirif. Yaakov davins when it's dark. Yaakov turns to God after the sun sets. And it looks dark. But we know, just to add in, we know really the darkness is the beginning of the next day. 
He doesn't add that. But that's that's Yaakov. Halachically, the Mayriv, that's really, that's the next, that's that's the beginning of Shachris. Says the Meshachachma, as we continue, of Yaakov Shachris, the Haim Evarim Updarim, Shem Kraven Bein Bayom Bein Balayla. We know it's the, it's the, right, the, the carbon, it's not a Tamish al Shachar, Tamish al Bein Arbayim, it's the leftover fats that burn, burn overnight. So that is, that is um, point number one of the Meshachachma. The Av of Galus, and that's why he has a Maris Halayla. But then he has a second point. He had this Maris Halayla where he was still in Eretz Yisrael. He hadn't gone into Galus yet. The way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu stays with us in Galus, in the Laila, is if we never forget our original connection. We never forget the daytime. We never forget the, ori- the origins. Receive Nevuah in Bavel. We're going to talk about this about this on Shabbos. We're going to have a shir about Binyani Asar Bateves. So Yechezkel Ben Buzi gets a Nevuah on Asar Bateves at this moment, right now in Yerushalayim. Nevuchanetzar is besieging Yerushalayim. And that's how the Radak there says, we'll talk about it, that they knew that he was a Navi MS. They didn't have internet or telephones in those days. How do I know that exactly right now Nevuchanetzar is besieging? So, but why was Yechezkel able to have Nevuah in Chutzla Aretz? Because he started out in Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Gemara says. Kamosha Amro Yechezkel Sof Moed Katan. Lachain Sof Avoda Kamohaktaras Evarim. That's why. What is Mayriv? We know that the Tfilas are connected to different Karbanos. You have the Tamit Shal Shachar Shachris. Tamit Shal Bein Arbayim. The afternoon Tamit is the afternoon. What's Mayriv? It's not a separate Karban. It's the leftovers. It's the stuff that didn't get to burn during the day. That's what burns during the night. It's the carbon that's connected to the previous day. He screams out at us. Understand this. He says, that's what Yaakov is the Av of Galus. But only if we remember our connection to Eretz Yisrael, remember our connection to the original when it was Yom. And that's why we say every morning in Lam Matzeach, Yan Hashem B'Yom Hashem Elokei Yaakov. Because when we were in a time of Tsaris, we invoke Yaakov Avinu. Because he is the one that symbolizes Haskel, And now he says, what's the Musr that you learn from this? When the Jewish people hold fast to their oranges, to our origins, to their roots, and they follow the paths of their ancestors. So then we're very strong. Because we're living in Lila now. But if we... Hold fast to the Yom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu stays right next to us. HaYisraeli Hu Goy Eitan Atik Yomin, we are an ancient nation, Asher Niglu Elavo Elokim, Bihiyot HaMikdash HaMachono. Az Shor HaShchina Yimayim, Gam B'Chutz La'aretz. As long as we remember the roots. But, it's physically Eretz Yisrael, but also the roots are Mesorah. Avo Bizman Shashachachu Bris Avoseihem, if we forget the Bris, if we forget our roots, Ve'enam Hochim B'Darkehem, and we don't follow their ways, so then, if we're just trying to survive in Gauls without that original connection, then a Kaddish Baruch Hu Rahman al is not going to be with us, and there's going to be a Siluk, Siluk Hashchina. That's the Meshachach. Let's continue now with Arashi. Arashi that we don't always focus on, but this is probably the longest Maharal on Arashi in Sefer Gracious. Says the Rashi later on in the parsha, 
No, the people who went down to Mitzrayim, the people who were involved in the descent, all of the descendants of Yaakov Avinu are listed, 69, 70, we'll get to that in a few minutes, Bezrat Hashem, but one of them lifted all the Shvatim and their children. So one of the sons of Shmu, Shimon, Uvenei Shimon, who are the children of Shimon? Yimuel, V'yamin, V'ohad, V'yachin, so we think Yamin is short for Binyamin. Yamin is a name itself. Yamin, sometimes people are called Yamin, even though their real name is Binyamin, but Yamin is a son of Shimon. It says Yamin, V'ohad, V'yachin, V'tzochar, V'shaul ben Akananis. Shaul, who was the first Shaul in history? It was not Shaul HaMelech. Right? Shaul was the son of Shimon. But here, instead of just listing the name, the son, as it does by all the other Shvatim, it lists off a mother. The son of a Canaanis. Really? Shimon married a Canaanis? Who was that? Says Rashi, Ben Akananis, Ben Dina. Shenivala Likinani. Ben Canaanis really means Dina, who was Niveles, who lived with a Canaanite, who lived with Hamor. Right? So that was Dina. Why? Kisha Hargu Eshchem, when Shimon and Levi wiped out the entire city, Lo Haisa Dina Rotzelotzes. Dina didn't want to leave. Unbelievable. She, she was scared. She was worried. She'll never have anybody to marry her. Because she was already tainted. Ad Shenishpala Shimon Sheyisa'ena. Until Shimon says, don't worry, Dina, I'll marry you. Shimon married Dina. Never think about that. It's a Rashi. Shimon married Dina. You don't even need you don't even need all the Midrashin. They all married Well, who else were they going to marry at that time? They could have married some non-Jews that converted them. But at least Rashi here says, Shimon married Dina. So this is a, as good of a place as any to discuss the question, which I think we touched on last year, but um, the Gur Aryeh is here, so we'll do it right here. The Gur Aryeh asks the question, how could Shimon marry Dina? We know the Avos, the Gemara says, kept Kalatar Kula, the Gemara in Yuma, the Mishnah Kiddushin. They kept all the entire Torah beforehand. So how could Shimon marry Dina? And we might as well add in, how could Yaakov marry two sisters? Rachel and Leah, and there's a Medrash that Bill and Zilpah were also sisters, also daughters of Lachan. Right? How could he marry two sisters? How, can, how could Amram marry his aunt? Moshe Rabbeinu is a product of a relationship which later the Torah answered. The Therish. Right? Yocheved was the daughter of Levi. Amram was the grandson. Right? Amram, an, ef, an uncle can marry a niece. An aunt cannot marry a nephew. It's an Isidar Isa. So there are many. Many Isurim. So this is a famous question dealt with by many of the Rishonim. The Gur'arye here, the Maharal, in his commentary on Rashi, has a long discussion of various approaches. So we'll do a couple of them tonight. Um... Here in Parshas Vayigash. Says the Gur'ayi in source number five. First he quotes the Rashi. And then he quotes by B. Where I wrote B on the side. Ach kasha. Ech nasas achoso. How do you marry a sister? Simple question. How do you marry a sister? And maybe it's even one of the Sheva Mitzvahs Bnei Noach. Right? That's what they uh, they did then. Maybe it's Gili Arias. What's, what's included in Gili Arias? But how can he do it? So, answer number one. Answer number one. Let's go on to line eleven. kasha hari avos kimu kalatora v'yadu also beruach hakodesh. They knew the entire Torah with beruach hakodesh. How you makpidish the lisa kananis? V'lo akpidu al erva do asim in the Torah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be careful with arayos. Answer number one. 
V'yesh b'farshim, on line 15, 14. V'yesh b'farshim. Ki shayni kodem matan Torah mil'achar matan Torah. There's a difference. What's the difference? Ki kal ha'avos ha'yim akayim in Torah kula, ach tzrichim ha'yu l'kabel alayim as Torah kegeirim shenez gairu. When each of the avos or any of the personalities before Harsinai accepted to fulfill the entire Torah, it was it was like a gerus. It was a conversion, a self-conversion. I accept to do all the mitzvos, and I am a Jew. I self-convert myself. What is the halacha by a convert? The halacha is mida araisa v'lakach hayu kekaten shenoldu. There is no uh, familial relationship with converts. If a whole family of converts converts, they are not related to each other. Mida Oraisa, a brother and a sister that converted can marry each other. Mida Rabbanan, they can't. But Mida Oraisa, the principle is Gershon is Geir, Kekatan Shinola dummy. It's like a baby is born. So says the Gurarye. Approach number one, it's a specific, most of the Averis that we're talking about are Arayos Averis. No problem. They weren't related. Shimon and Dina, they weren't related to each other. Because when they convert, it's as if they're being born halachically, and therefore they are not related. Pirish lahach milsa bilvad. Le'inyan kabbalah zatorah lo shayach bahem inyan achva. Shiyu achem le'inyan arayas. They weren't related. Shalom noldu b'chiyav ha-mitzvah. Elohim kiblu me'alayan. They weren't two sisters. Solves all of those problems. Amram and Yocheved. All of these are solved. Yeah? They even kept the air of Tavshila. But again, they couldn't keep this. The air of Tavshila was fine. But here, Dafka, when they convert... It's okay, so it's a dra- so you're saying it's a, that's a Takana Drabanan. Zair Drabanan. Okay, so you're saying to me Drabanan. Me Drabanan. Why do they need to convert? I'm sorry? Why is there a Right, so it's not a normal, it's not a regular type of conversion, self-conversion. Okay, let's, let's continue for a minute. Let's continue for a minute before he answers. He continues, Lofichach, line 23, Any of the Arayos do not apply. Yaakov, Nasa, Shteachios, Amram, Dadaso, Yehuda married his daughter-in-law. Right, all of these uh, cases. That is, um, that is approach number one. You're right, so it might not work with a few later of Tavshilon. Maybe this specifically we mentioned a few weeks ago, why Dafka Erev Tavshilin, but maybe not all these uh, mitzvahs draw abundant. He adds, Ve'ein lahakshos on the next column, Im kein yihi, this is not the second approach yet, this is still the first one, Im kein yoyotze mitzrayim mutarim bikrovehem. One minute. If this is true, then the entire Jewish people at Harsinai were not related to each other? But isn't there a chazal, asked the Goraryeh, that the Bnei Yisrael cried in their tents after Matan Torah. Let's continue reading. Chazal say he doesn't quote it, but the Gemara says they cried in their tents because there were certain people they weren't allowed to stay married to. Because it was relationships that now became Usr at Harsinai, and after Harsinai they can't stay married to certain people. So what do you mean? According to this approach, you should say, we should say that they can marry anybody they want. Because it was self-conversion before Matan Torah. Says the, says the Gerarye, Ein Zekasha, this is not a problem. Again, this is a large topic, this comment that he makes. Dehim Huchurchu Lekabel. And Matan Torah, that was a unique type of conversion. Why? Dehakafa Aleim Harkagigas, Kedul Kaman. That was a forced conversion, so to speak. 
Once they said, Nasev and Ishma, Kaddish Baruch Hu said, okay, I am forcing the issue. That does not have the same rules. Why? We can't get into it right now, not fully. But he says, If it's totally a personal acceptance, that's Kershin, it's Kershinola, Dami, all of the Avos and the Imahos. But, and Harsina, that might have been different. Either way, that is all approach number one. Maybe they weren't related to each other. So, no Arias, Averos, apply. Number one. Number two, a second idea. Uh, he alludes to, I didn't give it to you, but I'll just mention it outside. A second approach is that of the Ramban. It's a well-known approach where the Ramban says, maybe the Avos kept the entire Torah only in Eretz Yisrael. Only in Eretz Yisrael. That's the Ramban's approach, and that's how the Ramban's Lushitaso, where he says all mitzvos are only fully fulfilled in Eretz Yisrael, even mitzvos shebagufo are only fulfilled fully in Eretz Yisrael, and that's why Rachel Imenu had to die on the way back to Eretz Yisrael, and even though she died close to Yerushalayim, he didn't live with her after after they entered Eretz Yisrael, and Amram and Yochebed were in Mitzrayim, all of the Averis happened in, in, uh, in Chutz Laretz. What about Shimon and Dina? That's a little tougher. When did they get married? When did they get married? It sounds like they went down to Mitzrayim. When they went down to Mitzrayim, a little difficult to explain that one, but that is a second idea, which he says does not work fully um, into, into this, this approach. But then he gives his own final one, and this is the one that's known by the, as the Maharal's approach. The final one. Turn the page for a minute. This is his approach. Line 11 on the bottom right. Line 11 and where I wrote C. Lefichach chani omer. Says the Maharal. You got it? I'm in source 6. C. Lefichach chani omer. Gamkein kamosha timsa b'mitzvah shenitztavosh lo yiu akol shavim. Kach ha-mitzvos. I'm sorry. Let me just see where. It's a good place to start. Um, next column. I'm sorry. Next column. Line. The top line. V'yafilu emata omer. All mitzvahs, all 613 are wonderful mitzvahs. Why didn't they do all of them? Don't you get schar even for volunteering mitzvahs that you don't have to do? Says the Maharal. The Avos did call to Akula all the Assays. Avo Mitzvah's Losa Assay. The Isurim, the Averis. She'en Kibo Schar al Mitzvah's Losa Assay. You don't get Schar for volunteering a Losa Assay. If you're allowed to do something, then there, so do it. Right? A Kohen eating Truma. What? There's no Lachachachila there's no for him not to eat Truma. It's a Mitzvah to eat Truma. But if I'm not commanded not to do something, there's no reason for me not to do it. Do Meyachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
but at least according to certain Chazals. All the Isurim that we've been talking about don't apply. Next paragraph. What's the difference? If we think about it, it will make sense. A mitzvah is a positive act that brings me closer to God. Even though I am not commanded, it is an act that brings me close to Hashem. I do a mitzvah. I get closer to Hashem. It's not doing something. Is that bringing me closer or just obeying? It's more of just obeying what the will of Hashem is, says the Maharal. So if it's not the will, so then it does not have to be volunteered. He doesn't quote it, but this idea fits very nicely into a Ramban in Parshas Yisrael where the Ramban discusses the principle of Asei Doche Losa Asei. We know various contexts in Halacha, if you have a Mrs. Asei, sometimes you're allowed to push off the Losa Asei. If you're involved in a Mrs. Asei, Tzitzes, in the ultimate sense, with real Tcheles and real Lavan, and the ultimate Mitzvah can be Doche the Mitzvah of Shatnes. Tzitzes Doche Shatnes. Ask the Ramban, why do we have that principle of Asei Doche Losa Asei? If you think about it, a Losa Asei is much worse. If I violate a Losa Asei, I'm punished. All different types of punishments in the Torah. If I don't do an assay, okay. I didn't do the assay, terrible. Not punished. I, I lost out on the opportunity. So, a los assay is much worse. So, why do we say assay docha los assay? Says the Ramban in Parshas Yisrael, because the root of mitzvah's assay is avas Hashem. And the root of mitzvah's los assay is yiras Hashem. Avas Hashem beats yiras Hashem. Ava. Brings you closer to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Mitzvah Zaseh. It's a positive act. Closer to Hashem. You could volunteer. Lo Zaseh is just running away. It's more in the obeying element. So if I'm not commanded, says the Maharal, there's no reason for me to volunteer. So three ideas in terms of Dina and Shimon. Number one is... Uh, maybe it's a special din of Noah Rayos at that time because they were all converted and as if they were newly born. Number two is the Ramban. There are other answers given in the piece that I gave you, but we're not going to do it. And number three is the difference between Assays and, and Los Assays. On the same topic, another Rashi. We know if you read through the Psukim about all the, the ones who descended into Mitzrayim, there are 69 listed. 69 descendants listed. Right, it says in Pasaches, Memvav Ches, Ve'elosh Mos B'nei Yisrael, Havoyim Mitzrayma. These are the children, Yaakov Banav, Yaakov and his children. Bechar, it goes through all the Shvatim and all their sons. It's interesting, one of my Talmidim pointed out, asked me today, if you look at the previous Pasuk, it says, who went down? Banav, U'b'nei Banavito, Binosav, U'v'nos Banav, V'chol Zaro. All the daughters, and all the daughters. There's only two women listed. In the whole list, only one. Dina, and we're about to talk about it in a minute. What? Uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is two. And then Chazal add on Yocheved, as we'll talk about. So that, that's, what, that's what it means here, maybe. Benosov, Uvenos Banav. So, just one, Benos. Benos Banav. So, it is, you know, what, so there's a Midrashim that there were sisters born with all the Shvatim. But it's interesting that it says that in the previous passage, and then it says these are the B'nai. So maybe it only means the blood relatives. The blood relatives of Yaakov. But if you add them all up, there's only 69. So where's number 70? It says there were Shivim. 70. Where's number 70? So some say it was Yaakov. Yaakov's number 70. 
if you add Yaakov in. So I'm saying it was a Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's a Medrash that says Kaddish Baruch Hu always, always adds on for the minion. Right? He will be number 10. But Chazal, as we just mentioned, says it was Yocheved. It was Yocheved. Says Rashi. Rashi quotes it on, on Pasik Chaf Vav. Rashi quotes Chaf Vav that it was Yocheved. Um, Shemasu Sham Yosef. Ushnei Banav, but he tells Valam Yocheved ben Achomos. As they went in, Yocheved was born. The answer to a trivia question, by the way, Moshe Rabbeinu had a grandfather and a great-grandfather who was the same person. Right? Right? Levi. Right? Because Moshe's mother was Yocheved, who was the daughter of Levi, and his father was Amram, who was a grandson. So Moshe Rabbeinu's grandfather and great-grandfather were the same person. Um, from two different sides. So that's what Rashi, Rashi quotes, Yocheved was born on the way into Mitzrayim. Says the Eben Ezra, one of the great Pashtunim in history, I find this hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that Yocheved was born at this moment. Why? Because of earlier stories in the Torah. Says the, the Ramban in Source 7, first quotes Rashi, then quotes the Eben Ezra, line 3. Rabbi Avraham Eshiv va'amar kizet tama. I, I find this Chazal to be amazing. Im Cain, lama lo hiskir hakasuv hapele, shena asa ima, sheholida Moshe. If Yocheva was really born right then, you know how old she was when she had Moshe Rabbeinu? She was an old lady. Vihibas meya ushlo shim shana. Right? It was the 210 years. Right? They were in Mitzrayim. Moshe was 80. Right? When they left. Because 40 years in the desert. He was 120 when he died. So he was 80. So she was 130. She was 130 years old when she had Moshe and the Torah is silent. The Torah made a big fuss a couple parshios ago about Sarah Imenu. She got young again. Her body changed. And she was a young whippersnapper. Right? There's 130. She was only 90. And not only that, says the Eben Ezra, not only is it a chazal, they even put it into the davening. Terrible. Right? They put it into the davening, this medrash. Says the Eben Ezra, I find this medrash hard to believe, because the Torah would have mentioned it. Such a great nace, Yocheved having a baby when she's 130 years old. Wow. It must not be true. Says the Ramban. Somewhat sarcastic. Maybe he's a wise man in his eyes by contradicting Chazal. You know, whenever you read a Ramban and his comments on the Eben Ezra, you have to remember the line that he writes about the Eben Ezra in the introduction to his Pirish on Chumash. He writes about my friend the Eben Ezra, I will have Ahava Musuteris and Tochacha Mugula. Tochacha Mugula, Musuteris, same, same uh, phrase. Meaning, outside I'm going to kill him. Tochacha's Mugula and inside I love him. Ahava Musuteris. Right? So that's, that's what he said, writes about the Eben Ezra. So he says that, um, he says, he might be, be, be wise in his eyes to contradict, but, anit sarich la'anot achara, ilav. Va'omer, ki al-kol panim, yihiyeh bedavar yochevet pelagadol, min hanisim hanistarim, she'em yisot ha-Torah. Says the Ramban, the Torah doesn't list off every miracle. The Torah is not interested in that. Just because it's a miracle doesn't mean the Torah has to say it. 
Okay, fine. The Torah is not interested, says the Ramban, because you know what? Everything in life is a nace. So this is a major nace. But the Torah, says the Ramban, is not a history book. Look at the, the continuation of the Ramban on the back of the page, on the next page. The second line. If there is a nace that occurs after a navi forecasts it, if there is a miracle that is forecast by a navi, like one of the angels that came to visit Sarah and Avraham, the Torah will list off and say, well, that's amazing, that's unbelievable. But, but miracles that just happen to help the personalities in the Torah get on and get through life, and realize that, says the Ramban. The Torah is not going to list off every miracle. And why, after all, should we read it? Should we mention it, line 6? The whole Torah is Nisim Nistarim. There's no such thing as Teva. He is connecting. He doesn't say it, but we did last year, Parsha's bow, the last Ramban in Parsha's bow, where he develops the idea at length that there is no such thing as Teva in the world. Everything is nace, just what we're used to. So that's what he's alluding to here too. He says the Torah is not interested in listing off any miracle. If there's a miracle that was forecast by Chazal, or not by Chazal, by a Navi, by a Malach, fine, that'll be listed. Because that's a clear miracle. But other than that, it's not. Adding on to this idea... And this is in the extra page because I found this after I made up the sheet. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz talks about in one of his sichos this machlokas between the Eben Ezra and the Ramban and he adds and says in explanation of the Ramban if a miracle is forecast and then it is fulfilled there's no contradicting that. And there's no arguing with that and the Torah writes it and that's clear that it's a miracle. If a miracle just happens and it's covered and it's not mentioned, then the message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to realize it's a miracle, even though many out there will not realize that it's a miracle. How many events in our history do we deem miraculous, and yet those around us might not think it was so miraculous? Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, talking from personal experience, on line 6, so on the last page, Hatzalas Yeshiva's Mir Mitocha Shoaha Yoma. The fact that Mir was the only Yeshiva that in its entirety was able to move from Mir to Shanghai to Yerushalayim. The miracles. Haisa Bavada Yedenisim Gluyim. Kiyadua. Vahaya Ilu Haya Nishlach Malach Menashamayim Lavasar Akach. Had there been a Malach beforehand to announce. Hayu Anisim Bechina Shil His Galus Hashchina Mamish. That would have been Mamish Hashras Hashchina. And everybody would be, would believe. There was dirt on our eyes. We saw nature. Council, visos, vachadome. We think it was all. It worked out. It worked out that it got to move there. That's that's what a miracle is. Some miracles are only there for those who realize the miracles are there. Kamochen, he says, continues. What happened when he's writing about 1967? 
The missile that hit the base medrash in the mirror didn't explode. The Ramban says the Rechaim Shmuel is teaching us that not every miracle is going to be recorded because it's up to us to see the miracle and to realize the miracle and to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the miracle. Okay, so we continue. Now two more thoughts. The entourage of Yaakov's family is heading down to Mitzrayim. And finally we have the second top ten emotional moments in the Parsha. Right, the second one is I don't know which is more. You have, Yehud, you have Yosef and his brothers and Yosef and his father. So we have the meaning between Yosef and his father. Vayeser Yosef gets his chariot. Pasuk Chavtes. Vayeser Yosef Merkavto. Vayyal Lekras Yisrael Aviv Goshna. Vayyira Elof. He appears in front of him. Vayipal Tzavarav. He cried on his neck. Vayev Chazarav. Oh, he cried on his neck. Also, we discussed last year, crying, Kriyashma, the Rashi. But let's discuss another Rashi here. The Pazik says, Yosef appeared to him, appeared to Yaakov, and they cried. What does Rashi say on the words, he appeared to him? Rashi says, Yosef nira el aviv. Yosef appeared to his father. That's what the Pazik says. The Pazik says that. Pazik says, he went to meet Yaakov and he appears to him. Oh, we might have misunderstood who's appearing in front of who. It sounds pretty clear that Yosef is appearing to Yaakov. So what is Rashi adding? Yosef Nirel Aviv. What's he adding? Says Revelio Schlesinger. In his Sefer Eila Hadvarim. One of the um, great Darshanim of our generation. Darshanim Halachis. He has a whole set of Svarim Eila Himoadai. So he writes, what is Rashi adding? Vinir Lomar in source number nine. Line four. Dihine li Yosef ha-yushnei dvarim osam hagshim. In this meeting that Yosef had with his father... He wanted to accomplish two things. Hadavar harishonu kimuvan lerotavivoto lorazeh esrim v'shtayim shana. Number one, he wanted to see his father. He missed his father. He hadn't seen him in twenty-two years. So number one, he wanted to see his father. Number two, vadavar asheni laharos esatzmo lifnei aviv. The second is to be seen by his father. I know my father has been in a lot of pain. I know, I'm sure, he would love to see me. I want to go do the mitzvah of Kibbut Av and be appear in front of him. Yosef says, I'm going to do the mitzvah of Kibbut Av. I want him to see me. Two kavanas. I want to see, I want to be seen. What was the ikr? What? How did he show himself? There are different ways that he could have acted. He could have said, Dad! He's a screaming, ah, blah, blah. Or he could have been more focused on Yaakov receiving him than he receiving Yaakov. What does Rashi say? Vayera Elav, Yosef Nira El Aviv. That's the emphasis. Because the Iker was the second Kavana. The Iker was Kibbut Ava'im. Yosef was able to overcome his personal emotions and appear in front of his father. And this is not the first time that we see Yosef going above and beyond for Kibbutz Ava'im. The next paragraph he explains, we know, we read him two weeks ago's Parsha. Yaakov sends Yosef, go get your brothers in Shechem. Yosef knows what his brothers feel about him. And Yosef knows what might happen there was dangerous. Says the 
Ela had varm. Zosramanu gam kishinishach Yosef ade aviv. No markachva. Yomer Yisrael Yosef alo achecha ro mishchem. I'm going to send you. And he says hineni. He says, okay, I'm hineni. What does Rashi say? Lashon anavav is rizut. He says, okay, I'm ready. It's rizus. Hineni, I'm here. This is what I meant before. I got mixed up. When Hashem told Yaakov, when he b'maris halayla, Yaakov, Yaakov, he says hineni. Rashi doesn't say lashon anavav is rizus. He only says it here. When Yosef answers to Yaakov, Hineni, Rizas. Why? Explains the Elah Advarim. Because here there's a lot of counter pressure. Here there's a lot of reasons why he shouldn't listen to his father. You know, Dad, they might do something to me. I don't know if it's such a good idea. And then when he finally goes to Shechem, they're not even there. He could have come home and said, I didn't find them. No, he continues. They're in Dosan. He goes to Dosan. There were so many excuses. But Yosef says, it's Kibarav. He wants me to do it. I'm not going to stop. And that's why Dafka Rashi says he nani Russian Zrizus there. Because there, that's what the Sivsa Chacham and Master Kasha, he quotes it on line 21. Why only here, but not all the other Hinanis, right? It's not said. Why? Because here, there's so much behind the Hinani that could have given him, given him an excuse not to say it. So that's the godless of Yosef Atzadik. And that's what's alluded to in this little Rashi. Vayera, he appears in front of his father, Yosef Nira El Aviv. Just want to end with a gra, which is really from the beginning of the parsha. But my uh, my Talmud came over to me this week and said, "Oh, you got to put in the gra." Okay, I'll put, I'll put in the gra. The, uh, the beginning of the parsha. It's a well-known gra in the world of gras, and that is in the first the first pasuk. Back in the first pasuk of the parsha, pasuk says, "Vayikash Elav Yehuda." Yehuda comes close. Vayomer biadoni Yedabrena. Let me come speak to you. And he stands up. The Gra was a bucky in everything, even in Tame Hamikra and Shrup. And the Gra grave shot him on the Trup. What's the Trup on the first Pasik of the Parsha? Vayigash Elav Yehuda, that's Kadma Vazla. Vayigash Elav, Kadma Vazla, Yehuda Rivi'i. Kadma Vazla Rivi'i. And then it's Vayo Merbi Adoni Munach Segol. Zarka Munach Segol. Says the Gra. Why did Yehuda step forward? What about Reuven? Reuven's out of the picture now. Why did Yehuda all of a sudden step forward? Kadma va'azla rivi'i. Why did the fourth son, Yehuda, Kadam va'azal, he went ahead. Kadma va'azla rivi'i, the fourth son. Why did he go more than anybody else? Because last week's parsha we read, what did Yehuda say to his father? Anochi ervenu miyadi tefakshenu. I take responsibility for Binyamin. If I don't take responsibility, what does Rashi say? Forever, I'll be choti to you. I'm giving up my olam haba, not just my olam hazeh. That's what Rashi said in last week's parsha. Kadma Why? Zarka munach segol. Because I have thrown myself, zarka, from munach, from resting, segol in the am segula. I'm the one that, that put it all on the line. That's why the fourth son went ahead. Kadma va'azla. Rivi'i. Why? Because Zarka Munach Segel. He threw away his place on the Choshen Mishpat in the Am Segula. That's why he stands up for his brother. He's the one that said, Anochi Ervenu. That's the type of responsibility we have. That's the Makar. One of the Makars for Kol Yisrael Revim Zelazeh is Yehuda standing up uh, for his brother. Baruch Hashem. Always good to end with a Gra. Start with a Gra. But Baruch Hashem. Okay, we'll stop here. And we will uh, continue next week.